Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ. And you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Today I want to talk about the legacy of serving. The legacy of serving. We are a serving church. We've always been a hardworking church. Um, And really, serving is the essence of Christ's character. Christianity is about reflecting Christ. So it's about serving humanity, isn't it? And so I thank God that we are a serving church. And so if you come to this church or you're coming into this church, you're going to find that we value certain core principles that the Bible teaches us to live by. We don't just kind of come to church. We learn how shall we live? How do we have Christ living through us? What kind of church should we be to affect society? So we look at these principles, and I've kind of been going over the core values, biblical values of how we should live. But also, I look at these values and say, this is the kind of church we will continue to be. We will reflect the values that Jesus taught us to live by. So in the book of Romans, it says, therefore, Paul says to the Roman church, therefore, I urge you. He's not saying, hey, here's a great suggestion. I have a good idea. You know, the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul. He's saying, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual or reasonable, you can translate this word that's, that's spiritual in the Greek, it's, it's also translated as reasonable, act of worship. So Paul is saying, listen, in view of God's mercy, in view of what Jesus has done for us, in view of the sacrifice that he paid for us, the forgiveness of sins, his mercy, his grace, his compassion, that he never leaves us nor forsakes us, He's not a God who condemns us, but he sets us free and he offers mercy in view of of what Jesus has done for us. It's only reasonable that we should worship in, in, in our service by offering ourselves to him. It's only reasonable. Doesn't that make sense? Go ahead and amen. Are you alive today? Amen. So this is a great translation in the Message Bible of this passage of Scripture. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do. Isn't that awesome? It's the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Sometimes we're so enamored by culture, we're not even thinking of how we should live, what's best for us, how does God want us to live. Instead, fix your attention on God, you will be changed from the inside out. How many this morning will say, I am being changed from the inside out, amen? (laughs) Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. Jesus said, 
Your attitude must be like my own. For I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life. And the book of Peter says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. You know, there's really no greater expression of the love of Christ than when people are joined together and gladly, 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 say that word with me, gladly sacrifice and use what God has given them for the benefit of others. This is the church that we are called to be. This is the life we are called to live. Now, I know that most of us like free things. Do you like free things? Love free things, right? The word free always opens people's eyes. Isn't that true? Free. Come on, let's be honest here this morning. We all like free things, okay? We all like free things. You know, I remember years ago, um, we got something in the mail. Laurie opened it up, and, and, uh, and then we got a phone call regarding what, a piece of literature in the mail saying that we had won a trip. And we were so excited because it was three, a three-day cruise to the Bahamas and four nights in Disney. How many would like that? Free trip. So excited. And then the lady you called said, yeah, you know, you entered one of those raffles at the mall. Have you ever filled out one of those raffle things? You don't want to admit it, but we all have, right? And so we filled out one of those said, So we thought, wow, this must be real, right? This must be real. And so we take an hour-long journey to such and such a travel agency. We sit there for another hour waiting to be called to get our free trip, to get our airline tickets, you know. And then we go through a presentation of another hour. At the end of the hour, the, pretty much the free dissipates, <laughs> and you have to join this travel club. Nothing is free, people. <laughs> Nothing is free. The only free things that, that, that are really free are the samples maybe that you get at Dave's Market, right? <laughs> Come on. Now, am I the only one that runs to Dave's on Sunday afternoon for samples or BJ's? The only, one, the only reason I like BJ's is the free samples. And, and so you have to go to BJ's on certain days. Now, let me ask you, um, are you, are you like me embarrassed to go up like the third time for samples? And so you have to figure out, how do I do this? So you kind of stroll up there and say, so, um... um would you say there's like five different kinds of cheeses? I think I tried like two. Are there like, what kind of cheese is this? And so you have to develop a rapport, you know, and, and make sure you get all your free crackers and cheese, you know? But nothing's really free in life. Nothing's free in life. Every benefit in life comes through the sacrifice or the service of somebody. I remember when my, little, my kids were really little, I think um, my youngest son, he was like, you know, a little over a year, and my oldest son was near three years old, and uh, we had one of those, uh, those boxes with microphones, you know, and you sing through the box, and, and so my, my youngest grabbed the microphone, and he had, like he normally did, uh, his whole mouth on it, and, uh, and he's just kind of, you know, making noise, and you're hearing all this noise and static coming out of the speaker, and when my oldest son heard this, this noise, he recognized it immediately. So he says, 
cheeseburger and french fries, please. And so he was expecting, he thought it was at McDonald's. Because that's what, you know, back then, that's what every, you know, you drive up to a McDonald's, you couldn't hear a word the lady was saying, right? Yeah. Right? And so cheeseburger and french fries, please. He was literally expecting hands to come out out of this speaker and give him a cheeseburger and french fries. But nothing is free. Nothing is free in life. You know, my wife sometimes uh, will say, uh, hey, isn't it amazing how things just miraculously appear in the house? Like, you go into the bathroom and there's toilet paper there, you know? You go to the kitchen sink and there's paper towels there. Now, you guys know, like, wives speak in code. They speak in code. Basically, you know, my wife is saying, hey, aren't you glad you have a wife like me? I get the code. Aren't you glad there's someone in the house doing something? But it's interesting. We're talking about serving God's heart. And we want to be like Jesus. You know, even before you're born, someone is sacrificing for you. Your mom. You know what she went through to have you? Pain. Suffering. I mean, I can't imagine having an alien in my body for nine months. You know? At the end, you're, 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 your wife comes and says, Hey, look at this. You know, there's an arm sticking out. and I'm like, Ugh. That's not cute. That's weird. But what parents are willing to do anything for their kids? You know, the trauma that a parent goes through, your kids put you through. And then how about the expense? I was reading that if you had a, a child in 2015, it's going to cost you $233,610 up through age 17 to take care of this kid, whether you like the kid or not. That's how much it's going to cost. All right, all your parents are freaking out. You can't send them back. Sorry. But why? Why would we do this? Because what you love, you will serve. What you love, you will sacrifice for. Isn't that true? Jesus so loved the world that he gave his life for us. God so loved the world, he sacrificed his son for us. What you love, you will serve. And so in Scripture, in Philippians, God says this to us. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. How many want to thank Jesus for what he's done for us this morning? Amen. The Bible says, greater love has no one than this, 
to lay down one's life for one's friend. To serve. There's no greater love than to serve. To be a servant of the Lord. You know, let me go off track, sidetrack for a second. Ladies, single ladies, if you have a boyfriend who's not willing to sacrifice for you, who's not willing to serve you, who's not willing to take time away from his buddies and money away from his hobbies for you, things got to change or boot him out. Because what you love and who you love, you will serve. I don't know about you. Is that the word Dutch dating or Dutch treat or you know, going Dutch? Is that still used? No. no, okay. You guys have no clue what that word means. Okay. Well, I know in my time, um, when, when I was, you know, your age in the, in the dating age, which was like, what, maybe 10, 15 years ago? You know? Oh, I'm kidding. The word Dutch was used, which means you go on a date and the man doesn't pay. You go Dutch. Everyone pays their own bill. Let me tell you something. If you're with a guy who says, hey, you pay your way, I pay my way. We're going Dutch. The only Dutch in your vocabulary needs to be, we're going Dutch. You know, I'm going to pay for a trip for you to go to Aruba or the Netherlands. If that guy isn't willing to take care of you, to pay your bill, I don't consider that old-fashioned. I consider that the heart of a, a generous, loving, someone loves you enough to take care of you. That's the kind of guy you want, ladies. I don't know why I'm saying that, but there's some, someone out here that needs to hear that word. You know, we even pay tips. We pay tips to waiters. Why? Because they provide good service. They're servants. We thank our military guys, right? And res first responders. They're actually, they're called service men and women. Service men and women, you know? If I were to ask you, if your boyfriend was a waiter, what would you tip him? You at least need a 20, 15 or 20 percenter, okay? Not a 2 percenter. The Holy Spirit is speaking to some girls out here today. And you need to teach your kids this, too. But serving is one of the highest values as Christians. It's a, it's a character trait of Christ. So it should be a character trait of a Christian, right? We should have hearts of servants. We live like we learned in, in the Scripture, that we live in a culture of getting. Like, what do I get? By serving. What do I get by serving? And the Bible says you can't go by the culture's mindset. We are Christians. We need Christ's values in us, the heart of Christ in us. And so in the book of Mark, it says if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. This is God's philosophy, his mindset. The greatest among you will be your what? Your servant. God measures greatness not by what the world measures greatness. God measures greatness by the level of your service to humanity. You know, we thank God for giving people gifts that benefit humanity. But we all have gifts. 
We're all called to serve. You know, a life of sacrifice and serving is the highest form of life. The highest form of life that you and I can live is a life of sacrifice and serving. A life of greed, selfishness, and mark this in your notes, and laziness is the lowest form of life. The lowest form of life. Parents, teach your kids not to be lazy. When they're of age, make sure they get a job. Teach them to not be lazy, to do their homework, you know. Because you want them to be servants. You want them to be servants of humanity and not those who just take from humanity. But you know what's interesting is the word serving in the medical profession and, and, um, and psychological professions, there's a word that they use, a fancy word that's called altruism. This word really means serving others. And so medical science, you know, the Bible is amazing. Science always proves the Bible true. Archaeology proves the Bible true. Historians prove the Bible true. Science proves the Bible true. And so what science and medical professions are, are, are proving, factually proving, is that serving, altruism, produces positive physiological changes in the brain associated with happiness. The happiest people are those who are serving others. It's incredible. They're proving that a sense of belonging and a, a, a reduction of isolation and stress happens when we serve. That ability to keep things in perspective. You know, when you're serving with other people, you're hearing you know, other people's issues and problems. And maybe you're serving people who have lots of issues and problems that they need your, your help. And you start getting things in perspective. The world doesn't revolve around you. You start becoming outward focused. You know when we get sick, when even when we get spiritually sick, when we get offended, it's all about me. It's all about, you know, you go inward. Serving is about the other person. And medical science is proving the benefits. A more meaningful life. Better marital relationships. Tell couples, listen, get to church. You don't need... You know, people want, they want their marriage fixed. I need counseling. You know, well, it's your first time here. Let me give you the best counseling. Accept Christ into your life. Stop living the way he wants you to live. Adjust what you need to adjust. Keep coming to church. Get prayer at the altars. Start reading your Bible. Start listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Accept Christ in your life. And see if your life doesn't change. Because there's a wonderful counselor. Amen? A de decreased sense of hopelessness. Less depression. Because you don't have time. Servants don't have time to get depressed. They're too busy. They're too busy. Increased physical activity, but you can't serve on the couch. You gotta get in your car, you gotta call someone, get a ride, you gotta get to church, you gotta get to the homeless shelter, you gotta get out to the street. You know, help get coats. You've got to go and give the coats away. And enhance self-esteem. It also neutralizes negative emotions that affect the immune 
endocrine and cardiovascular function. It's amazing what they're finding. And serving leads to a longer life. Everyone wants to take a pill to live longer. Start serving. Medically, it's being proven that those who serve others live longer. God has been telling us that for thousands of years. Jesus showed us how to live. So what, is, what does it mean to, as a Christian to be a servant? Well, in the book of Romans 12, 11, it says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Keep, stay healthy. Keep your spiritual health serving the Lord. How do I stay close to God? How do I stay healthy? If I stay spiritually healthy, I'm going to get emotionally healthy. The more spiritual health I get, the more emotional health I get. The more emotional health I get, the more physical health I get. That's what science is even proving, right? So the Lord says, keep serving the Lord. Stay passionate about serving. In the book of Corinthians, it says, so it is with you. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit. Now the Lord says this, try to excel in those that build up the church. This is interesting. Because there's, there's false doctrine and false belief systems, and it's all about destroying the church and making the church less than what's supposed to be. The church is supposed to be a powerful institution of servants, together changing the world for Christ. Unless we all become servants and put our hands to the plow and we come together and say, what are we called to do for Jesus? The church diminishes. The church diminishes. Do you know that the majority of churches in this country are less than 100 people? It's amazing. Over, eight, I think it was like 88% of churches in this nation are less than 100 people. And they say, why is that, Lord? I think one of the reasons is the church cannot continue to, to change society unless it's filled with, with servants. If, it, if it's just a consumer mentality in the church... It's consumption. I come to church to get, you know. What are we having Sunday? You know, we're having powerful worship, you know, powerful word. We have opportunity to serve others. Oh, oh, you don't, you're not having Ali's Donuts? That's why I come, you know. I mean, I say have Ali's Donuts. I love Ali's Donuts. But that's not the purpose of our calling as a church. I hear an Amen. I'm sorry if I offended you, Alley Donuts fans. You know. It says, each of us finds our meaning and function. How do we find our meaning and function? As part of his body. That's how we find our meaning and function, the book of Romans. So God gives us an amazing opportunity in the body of Christ to use our gifts for him. You know, it's interesting that in, in some churches in China that they welcome new believers by saying this. So they welcome new believers. They say this to you. Jesus now has a new pair of eyes to see with, new ears to listen with, new hands to help with, and a new heart to love others with. That's good. That's who we are. We come into church. We're not just called to come and, and just enjoy and spectate. We become the hands and feet of Jesus. God is now, oh, here's a new person that God is able to tap into. God has given you gifts and talents and abilities. 
There's a purpose for your life to glorify God. It's the greatest life that you can live. So, through serving, number one, you reflect Christ. It's through serving you reflect Christ. God has given every person a unique gift and a unique ability. You know, some of you have an incredible, incredible disposition of, of, of being a happy person, a smiling person, you know. My daughter was born literally with a smile. She came out. In fact, I, 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 I play around with her and I said, you know, Carissa, please, um, I, I just want you to look at me and not smile. And she can't do it. And we laugh. And I say, come on, be serious. Think of something serious. And she smiles and laughs. She has a gift of hospitality. You know, that's why she's running cafes, you know. And she, it's a gift God has given to her. It's not, you know, to everybody. But, but that person, we wouldn't say, God is giving you an incredible smile. You're like just happy, you know. We need to use you to spread that gift to the body of Christ. We need you as a greeter. Because we come in and you know, we're not too happy. But when we see your face, it seems like our problems dissipate. We're going to use you for greeting, you know. Some of you have an incredible gift of organization and, and skills. Why give our gifts to the world? Let's use our gifts to change the world. Come on. Hear an amen this morning. Some of you are incredibly skilled with technology. You know, I talked to the guys in the back. Thank God for our media department, right? Come on. But, you know, they come to me, Pastor, you know, Pastor, we we need more people helping. We need more people helping. You know, my first response is, well, let's pray them in. Let's pray them in. You know, then I think, there's probably people right in the church, you know, that have skills and talents that are not being tapped into. We need you. God needs you. You need to use your gift to live the best life that you can live. Give it to the church first. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus teaches. It's not something we're, that we're trying to do. It's what the Lord's saying. This is how we shall live. You know, some people are amazing with, with kids and, and, and youth. Thank God we started a youth group, you know. Let me say to parents, parents, get behind the youth group. Send your kids to youth group. You know, some things that, that when we raised our three kids, we, we made some things as absolute, um, absolutes in the house. You know, number one, we go to church. I don't feel like going to church. You know, 13 years old, 14 years old. I don't care what you feel like. You know, I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like paying for your food. I gotta, you, you're costing me $230,000. I don't feel like giving that to you. Absolutes. Because, because the Bible says poor company corrupts good character. You know, think about it. How do we learn our live, to live? How do we have kids that end up loving Jesus their whole life? And, have, and you have grandkids that love Jesus. Right here, you know. And then some of you say, man, I wish I had known these things, you know, before when I was raising kids. Pray for them. Pray for them because your prayers are powerful. Amen? Two, you change lives by serving. We are changing lives. 
Our lives have been changed because someone served us. Our lives have been changed because somebody brought us to church where there's a whole bunch of people serving in every capacity. There's a whole bunch of people leading us into worship. You know, if you can sing, sign up today for the choir we're going to have at Christmas. You know, you have a gift of music, get involved, whatever your gift is. Hospitality, the cafe ministry needs you, you know. Ushers, we need ushers. We need, you know, let me, let me show you the whole list of things that we need, okay? And then number three, you change by serving. You change from a cultural mindset of what do I get out of it, of selfishness, to a Christ-like mindset of selflessness. That's what happens when we, we serve. You know, and when our serving diminishes, we're going this way on the scale. We're going back to selfishness. And we, that's why we need the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is who speaks to us and empowers us to head towards Christ-like mindset of selflessness. You know, we're not in China, but we're here at Legacy Church, and the way we welcome people to the house of the Lord is we say, hey, God has brought you here. We pray that you realize God loves you. And, and uh, he's brought you here because it, it, it's not coincidence. He's brought you here for a reason. He wants to change your life. He wants you to find the meaning and purpose of your life. He wants you to find fulfillment. Come on. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be delivered. You know, we say, listen, come as you are. Don't let any sin or bondage stop you from Jesus because he's the only one that can that fix you. He's the one who can fix you. He's not going to reject you for it. He's calling, call sinners to repentance. He calls you. Come on, sinners. I'm the way out. I'm the way out. But then we say, listen, let us help you. And that's why we have growth track. And that's why we say, because we, we I tell you, I've been a Christian for many years, pastoring for many years, and I find people have to get off of a track that leads to destruction and onto a new track of spiritual growth. So grow track is getting off this path of destruction, this track of destruction, coming onto a new track, where now you get to, to figure out what is life all about? What is God all about? And we get you on this track, and we help you to find your calling and meaning and purpose for the kingdom of God. And you end up living the best life that you can live. Amen? But let me show you, and then from there, we try to help people use their gift in all the different areas of the house of the Lord so that they can find and use the very purpose of God in their life for the glory of God. Look at all these ministries in the church. We're going to close here. The men's core. We have a setup and breakdown team called the men's core. Let me tell you something. You know what Terry was talking about? About guys being changed? It happens right in this team. This team is a powerful anointed group of men. I mean, these are men's men. And they come and they set up the church and they break down the church. We could not have church without the men's core of this house. But we need more men. We need more men. And that's why we need you to come through Grow Track and, and find your calling in God. Legacy Kids. Thank God for Legacy Kids. We need the women of the church. 
You know, if you're here and, and you have a child, you know, encourage you, go through Grow Tractors. We need you to help us. We have so many kids. We need more servants. We have no problem with kids. The harvest is plentiful, the Bible says, but the laborers are few. So we're asking the Lord of the harvest for you. That's a great slogan right there. Legacy Youth, we start a youth group. And we're soon going to be starting a young adults ministry. And we're hoping to be able to, to go to Main Street and, uh, and rent out the armory and uh, have a young adults music night, rap night. We want to affect EJ. Parkers, thank God for Parkers. Because some of you guys are real bad drivers. Parkers, greeters, sign ministries. Thank God for these faithful men. Guys like Steve and Ray and all these guys. They've been putting out signs for nine years. Amazing. But we need people. You have a pickup truck. We need you. Greeters, sign ministries, the worship team. Amazing. Media, production teams, ushers. We need women. We need women and we need guys to ushers. The Connect Corner, Resource Center, cafe teams. We have a Spanish translation team. You don't speak English? No problemo. The Better Together Ministry. We serve the community, the needy. We have a street team that goes into the cities and talks to people about Jesus. Some of you are powerful evangelists. Some of you, you know, love getting kind of like down and dirty, going to the streets and talking to people on the streets about Jesus. Well, we have a street team. We have prayer ministries of the church, altar and fire corps. We have crew leaders who run groups all over the, the, the state, you know, and Panera Bread and all these places. And then we have Growth Track and all the teachers that teach in the church. There's a place for everybody. You are here because God has brought you here. Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. You're here because God has brought you here for a purpose. Don't discount yourself. God doesn't use perfect people. He uses imperfect people. God uses imperfect people. But we have to get off of a track that leads to destruction, the Bible says. It's all self-focused. And get onto this track that leads to life. And it's all others focused. Isn't that good? Amen. God's speaking to us today. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's all stand. I pray that this word uh, really pricks our heart and, uh, and encourages us to know that you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. There's no one else on earth that's going to bring Christ and goodness and change to our society other than you and me, the church. And as we're joined together, as we use our gifts and pull our gifts together, and we say, God, I want to be used. Use me in your house. I surrender my gift to you. I surrender my life to you. You will live the most powerful, dynamic life you can live. And that's when you start seeing your life blessed, your family blessed, pe other people's family blessed. You start seeing kids off the streets and coming into the church and, and being rescued from this dark world. 
You start seeing marriages that are broken and people who are broken, who've gone through, you know, terrible things, divorce and stuff, being restored and finding new hope in God. It's because of the servants of the Lord. I want to be part of that team. Do you? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our 11 a.m. church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.